0: <laughs> Got to yield it. Uh, I I refuse to yield I refuse my time. Refuse to yield my time. What if yeah. <laughs> What if he's on here and I say I'm sorry, Kevin, but this is a filibuster. Uh, <laughs> oh, you great. you you cannot talk because I will not yield my time. Man, give me the podium. This if anybody does this.
1: a filibuster, would be Colin. <laughs> so. Well, I'm a talker.
0: A little bit of a talking guy. Fifty minutes of Kevin awkwardly sitting there saying yes, but and I yes. say no, Kevin. But, I have not yielded my but, time.
2: But I was gonna. Excuse me, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about, all the time. oh my gosh, all the time that'd be so, that be so stinky. <laughs> um, not that I watch this guy all the time, but Jimmy Kimmel has had this thing for a while where he would have Matt Damon as a guest. And then mm. he would wait till like fifty, uh, like thirty seconds before the show was over. And then he would say, "We wanted to have Matt Damon on, but we have run out of time." And then he would get mad and like come out and like you know get really upset. I, I'm fairly certain it was all just a stage thing, but I, I still <laughs> thought to like, "Oh man, that would be so terrible <laughs> to do something." Anyway, we're not going to talk about terrible stuff. We're going to talk about the Lord and His mission. So, you ready to get this thing going? Yeah. All right. I'm Zach, I'm Colin. I'm Kevin. Oh, and hey, welcome, welcome to, to the, the House Plants Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just impromptu made you do that. Yes. All right, and what are we it's here to a talk about? It's fun experiment to see
1: like, who all will catch on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are here to talk about music,
0: media, and, and the, the mission, mission of, of, Jesus, of Jesus. And much, much more. All and words how much that's... we miss Bob this week. Oh, I know. Bob's yeah. not here. Yeah. Uh, as you could tell from the intro, he wasn't the third guy. But we but... did have another voice, which is... A blessing in its own right, and uh, we are here with Kevin Slump today. Say hi, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's going awesome. We're going to... Honored to be here. I like that servant hat. Yes,
2: you you call it. Oh,
0: seminary coming out. (laughs) That's right. Dulos. Dulos, that's right. Know your words. I am the uh, layman who does not know anything. I thought that that might have been like some cool uh, Greek food. Uh, You know, he just got a... um, it could be Euro or Stargate SG one or something, you know? Yeah. I just came exactly. from this restaurant and got a Euro. Uh, that's the word <laughs> yeah. that they use for their title. All right. So, uh, Zach, do you want to worship? Of course I do. I always want to. Okay. Well, uh, we're about <laughs> to do a fun song from me and Zach's way past. I'm talking, this is like, Almost as old as Flourish. It says 2013 at the bottom. So, So, I mean, seven years. Yeah. We've been doing this song for seven years. It is part of our concept album that is yet to be fully recorded, but it is... In another seven years, maybe we'll have it partly done. It is the part of our concept album where the Lord uh, rescues uh, the wayward uh, main character from uh, Damnation and brings him back Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And uh, it is him singing out his thankfulness for... Uh, the Lord having a hold on him even in his darkest time. Right. Well,
1: actually, I think the voice of the person in most of the parts of this song is actually... Oh, that's right. It's actually God speaking to It's from the the point of God. Yeah, so it's one of
0: those. So it's more of a fun song, less of a worshipy song, but we've worshiped a little bit to it. So it's pretty cool. All right, Zach, you ready? Let's go for it. Sorry, that but as a finger. It's been workout. a while since we've done that yeah. song. Whoopsie. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank I you, thank it. you. It <laughs> was a great song. There's a lot of instrumental in that. That kind of leads into another song in the album, so Just it's has got an instrumental end. Imagine that we made zero mistakes. <laughs> you know. Oh, we tried our best. Oh uh, I don't think the Lord asks us to be perfect, but he demands that we try for excellence and everything we do, or well, you know, we everything unto
1: his glory. Yep.
0: And that was right. excellent. I, I think we did an excellent job. <laughs> it was definitely not perfect. <laughs> we use God's gifts. All right. So, um, uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself before we into the prayer? Um, Sure. where are you where are you coming from? Well, I was born at a very young age, and um so. <laughs> yeah, let's start from the beginning okay, so <laughs> no, there was nothing no. and then God pointed his finger in the universe All right. no i uh as of two months, if I make it another two
2: months, I will have been serving as the senior pastor of Berea Baptist Church in Berea, Kentucky for twenty years. oh my wow. goodness, which is crazy. It's hard for me to. To really process that. I, I'm amazed that they've put up with me as long as they have. So you have 20 year,
0: not 10 year. Ah, is that how that works? <laughs> Isn't that the terminology? I, I, I think, think so. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, um, Kevin, we, uh, we always have the guest pray. So if you don't mind, um, we'll, uh, if you could just pray over the podcast tonight and uh, we'll just leave it to you. All right. Let's pray.
2: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this joy of being able to be together as brothers in the Lord and experience the presence of your Holy Spirit. I praise you for the blessing that that song was to me, Father. And the blessing it is to get to be here with Zach and with Colin. Um, Thank you, Lord. You are the one that makes this fellowship sweet. We praise you. Lord, we praise you for what we're going to talk about tonight. We do not have words to adequately express gratitude to you for what we're going to talk about. And, uh, Lord, we, we we just thank you. So, Father... We pray that your presence, your spirit would be in this and that you would, uh, use this Lord to paint a picture of the beauty of your generosity to us
0: in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Good prayer, man. Hit us with some truth. (laughs) Let's go. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, Kevin, um, we want to give you the floor, but first I'm curious and I think Zach would probably be curious and our listeners as well. Um, So you've been a pastor at um, Berea Baptist here in Richmond. uh, I'm sorry. Well, Berea, Kentucky, uh, for almost 20 years, you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I don't want you to feel like you have to tell your whole life story. But, um, I mean, how did you and Christ meet? I mean, how did you and Uh, God get connected, you know?
2: Yeah, we don't have time for all of that. But but basically, um, first, I I prayed to receive the Lord when I was nine years old, my grandfather's (sighs) church. My grandfather was a pastor. Uh, My grandfather and grandmother lived about 100 miles away from us, so I only visited there maybe a couple times a year. All right. But um, even though my family, my immediate family, we weren't very regular in going to church. My grandparents, every time I was there, they'd talk to me about Jesus because that's just who they were. They weren't trying to push anything on me. Jesus just flowed out of them. And so one Sunday as I was visiting, my grandfather was up there preaching, and I didn't even know I was supposed to wait to the end of the sermon or anything like that. He's still <laughs> preaching. He's talking about asking Jesus in your heart. And I'm nine years old. And so that sounds good to me. So I bowed my head and I just prayed. And, and immediately I could tell something different. But um, after that, now I wish I had time to go into some of the specifics here, but I didn't really grow in any relationship with the Lord because when I got home, uh, my mom and dad weren't really walking with the Lord. We sure. weren't going to church that regularly. I didn't grow. and uh, You weren't being
0: encouraged and reinforced
2: in
3: that. Right. Okay, yeah. Exactly. That makes and, sense
2: to me. So then by the time I got to about sixth grade, just within a few years, we started going regularly to a church and I got really involved in the youth group and, uh, which was great. I loved it. I was having a great time, but also I was getting into some really dark places, uh, with what I was reading, music I was listening to. Um, I know this may sound really extreme, but, uh, by my eighth grade year, I was having suicidal thoughts. Because well, life
0: seemed that doesn't seem extreme to me at all. Oh, life seemed pointless. It yeah. seemed
2: absolutely empty, and I just I was empty. And then we went on a youth mission trip, and long story short, God showed up, and just by the end of that week, it happened over a period of days. God just got a hold of me, and I've never been the same. And I've had huge ups and downs. And struggles and triumphs ever since, but that was the, that was the change. The first time at nine years old, it was like, I was reaching out and saying, Lord, please save me at, at whatever age it would have been 13, 14 or whatever it was just before my freshman year of high school. It's like God showed up and said, okay, Kevin, Mm. I'm here to reclaim what is mine. And boy, he did. Oh my so goodness! And
0: all these, all these years later, you're a, you're a pastor at a, a major church, which um, I never,
2: I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> really? I, yeah, I felt called into ministry ever since I was a freshman in high school. Never wanted to be a pastor because I saw what my grandfather had to deal with behind yeah. the scenes. There oh, was no glamour to it. Yeah, it just looked like a pain in the tail. And I thought, Lord, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. I understand. And praise God, you know, he always knows better than we do what yeah. we need.
1: And so here I am. And oh it's amazing God. the things that he puts in our lives. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, and it's funny cause, um, uh, we've talked about this, me and Zach and Bob have all talked about this idea that, um, when God calls you, it, it's probably completely opposite from what you assumed would be your future. Um, yeah. like, uh, he'll twist around every ambition you have to, for him, if you let him. And so what's interesting is you, You know, I've said this for a long time that I don't feel called to be a pastor. Um, You know, I, you know, I, I I do music and, and the podcasts and stuff, but I guarantee that at some point in my life, uh, you know, God's going to hit me with like another big turn and it's just like, you got to be receptive to it. Right. So Mm -hmm. you said you, you weren't really thinking you'd be a pastor, but God always has a different plan. Amen. I mean, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, can I just ask you besides your pastorship? Is that even a word? Uh, (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Besides being a pastor at Berea Baptist Church, what other uh, ministries would you say, just like, uh, do you have anything going on in Berea? I mean, I know you guys do Room at the Inn. Oh, yeah, like the church, Berea Baptist Church. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah, we've got uh, an ongoing uh, Room in the Inn partnership Mm -hmm. with several other churches where during the months of January, February, and into half of March, uh, we provide... Housing for our homeless folks each yeah. night so they can get in out of the cold. Yeah. And we just finished renovating a space where now it's got a shower, we got a washer and dryer. Oh, so, I heard about that, yeah, from that Carolyn.
3: That's That's awesome. a great
2: thing. And I'm very happy with that. And then we have an ongoing ministry every week. We provide food for hundreds of people through our food bank and we provide financial assistance for dozens of families every week. Um, Man. And that's, that's just the, the humanitarian aspect. But, of course, we've got our regular discipleship programs. Uh, we're going to have a marriage conference, one-day marriage conference, hosting that at the church this coming Saturday. Um, we're gearing up to go on a mission trip to Alaska in July, an evangelistic outreach. Uh, the past awesome. few years, we've been doing um, missions in Mexico and the Dominican Republic for over the past three or four years. And before that, uh, we uh, did work in China. But, uh, very very yeah. cool.
0: Are, are you? Um, you are also. I mean, this is. I consider these ministries, but um, you're 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 kind of strengthening, you're sharpening iron. But uh, you also do a ton of of study, uh, worship. St- I'm sorry, Bible studies and um, uh, uh, men's uh, focused stuff. And I mean, I, I've come to a few of them. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. We we try to have something going on all the time, mm-hmm. and um, it's yeah. just
0: yeah. very nice. So I mean, you know, uh, I I would say go check out Berea Baptist Church even before we get into our subject matter. It's just a great church. I've been there plenty. Come of time. on down. Um, okay, so beyond that, would you say you have any like projects? Like, do you have any books or blogs? Or you are you writing a um, rock opera? about um, a roof. He has many concept <laughs> albums.
3: <laughs> he yes, is a great
0: musician. Yeah. He's a, a acapella singer. He's done a well, lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I used to sing professionally for years
2: and that's, that's been a while. But um, uh, actually, it's funny you bring this up because just in the past few weeks, I have begun the first steps of actually beginning the writing of something that's been baking in my brain for decades. Mm-hmm. And over the past Ooh, few years, funny. it's been really the past year it's really been coming together and the Lord was, I could, you know, send him saying, Kevin, do something with this. I just started writing a novel and the, the initial premise is something that just came like a bolt out of the blue when I was a junior or senior in high school and just filed it in the back of my head and did nothing with it for ages. And then over about the past five years, started thinking more about it. And then the past year or so, goodness gracious, all these ideas, I've got a full outline. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Now it's just carving out time to work on it.
0: Man, that's
2: fun. And, th- and I can tell you what it's about. It's an historical novel. It's set in uh, first century Palestine, which, you know, for a pastor, huh. that's, that's home turf. You know, you, you know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, uh, it, it's about one of the shepherds who was present the night Jesus was born, who hears the angelic announcement, runs with his friends. They go see Jesus uh, there at the manger. Very cool. And it's what happens through the entire rest of his life after mm-hmm. that. His life takes some very unexpected turns.
3: Um,
0: so awesome. that's, it. That, that's That's really all I'm going to say. That, you know, <laughs> yeah, don't you know, don't, don't spoil <laughs> it for. But um, be checking in on that uh, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I, I'm always excited to hear people writing about. Yeah. Uh, it. Especially because um, uh, now yeah. I guess it's more um, uh, commonplace, I think, for people to kind of seek out these figures in the scripture and then kind of look at other texts to like find out the accounts. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, if it was Jason Rowe or somebody from my center church. uh, They they were talking about, uh, what is it called? The something bees. The something, something bees. It's a weird word. And then there's the Apocrypha yeah. and all these other uh, texts that talk about right. Roman legionnaires and things like They're that. They're not books that
1: are in the canon of scripture, but they right. are old still. Yeah. And so you can get mm-hmm. some
0: background information from them sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, so, Kevin, you're here to talk about a super cool and special subject. Why don't you tell us what you're going to be talking about today?
2: Tonight, we're going to talk about salvation. Okay, and this is something. Oh, so
0: that's easy. You just get. It means you're you going just to get heaven. Saved, right? not that's going to hell.
2: There you go. End of story, right? Get out of jail, free card <laughs> for eternity. That's yes, it. that's fire insurance. That's all it is. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I mean, there uh, you go. This is you know it's it's really interesting because as someone who communicates the gospel frequently to people, whether you know to small groups or individuals or a large group, uh, you get into the gospel and what happens. And and I'm assuming that this is. Uh, primarily a characteristic of the Bible Belt South. I don't know if it would be this way everywhere. But here in our culture, so steeped in Christianese, you get into the gospel. If I'm preaching a sermon and I'm talking about whatever, and then I get into, all right, here's uh, why we need to be saved, how we can be saved. you know, and, and you start unpacking that. And most of the time, people's eyes glaze over a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I've heard this before.
2: And it's just <laughs> and, and and my perception is what's going on is that for most people, salvation is basically just God forgives us of our sin. Yeah.
0: Wipes the slate clean.
2: And we get to be friends with God. We have a relationship with God now and we get to go to heaven when we die. Yeah. And that's
1: it. Right. I think that message is very condensed version yeah. that's been shared. Here in America, over and over and over again, and all of that's point,
2: wonderful. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to discount it. It's
1: not like it's not true, but there there are depths there, yeah,
2: that we don't dive into, yeah, like we need to. And and this is what I'm going to share with you tonight: is some things that come together just in the past few years. Over the years, I've very slowly been preaching through the Gospel of Romans, the Gospel of Romans, the Book of Romans. Been preaching through the Book of Romans. It's a and gospel. It is a gospel-centered book, very much <laughs> yeah. so, but. um and, and some of these passages, they just just blew my mind right out of my skull when when I realized what he was saying here. And um, so we'll unpack it. Uh, yeah, let's do that. The the first place to start is, and I think that this is something that, that's a little more obvious. Um, I tell you what, let's go to Romans chapter
0: eight. I'm going Romans eight. I'm a, I'm the Bible flipper, so the when Bible s- whoever flipper. uses their phone is fine. I I do not condemn phone use of the scripture, but I like to flip, especially Bible because or we're Google in a, Chrome use. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're uh, nice. fo- we're using Foley. See this? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right, Foley, Yes. All right. So, uh, effect, which uh, which scripture? Romans
2: what? Romans chapter eight, and let's start. Okay. Uh, how about verse fourteen? I'm there. The Apostle Paul writes, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, this the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And, and the first thing just starting out is recognizing that not everyone's a, ch- a child of God. It's, mm-hmm. it's popularly thought of in our cultural world, of course, everyone's a child of God. All people are a child of God, and that is not at all what the Bible teaches. In the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, it talks about how um, through faith in Jesus, uh, we are given an opportunity mm-hmm. to become a child of God. And, and so what God is yeah. doing here is he's opening a way for us to become part of his family. He doesn't just want worshipers. He doesn't just want servants. He wants children.
0: Um isn't uh, so I like the in in I'm I'm reading the NIV and I'm pretty sure it says this too but uh the co heirs heirs and co heirs We're getting there. Um but uh, I also like uh what's that one fr- uh, phrase first fruits? Yeah. First yeah. fruits. There's a yeah. lot of fancy terminology that talks of, that where God's talking about his like first couple of people right. or his children right. or his sons. And I always find it interesting that each little way that he describes it means a little something different. But we try to like lump them all together. Well, even like the concept of sonship, yes, in yeah, um,
1: in the Hebrew culture is very much tied with um, inheritance. Right? Yes, and yeah. we are
2: heading there. Yeah, we, we are getting there.
1: All right, man. Um, in the way, also go. like the um, Abba saying yeah. Abba is basically like saying daddy. Yes. Right? It, yeah. Yes.
0: So. You know, I like that because our our friend
1: Bob, who's usually on the podcast, he, when he prays, he always says daddy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's his uh, signature version of saying
1: Lord. Yeah.
2: And I think he gets that from this. That's
0: right. Yeah.
2: Um, With being adopted into God's family, uh, let me read something to you. This is from Ephesians chapter one, verse five. The Apostle Paul wrote, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Uh, this this is a pleasurable thing to God. It's not a begrudging yeah. thing. Oh, I guess I'll adopt you into the family. I guess I'm technically bound to because of my promises of scripture. That's not God's attitude at all. It is eager. To adopt us into His family, and when we are adopted into family, into God's family, uh, we we are joined with Christ. He lives in us; we live in Him. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Does Jesus live in you? And and mm. that's certainly that language is used in Scripture, but probably even more frequently, we see the this phrase in Christ. Yeah, not just. Christ in us, that's there, but us in Christ, we live in Christ. We are part of him. The, the the apostle Paul talks about how the body of Christ, you know, the church is the body of Christ made up
0: of all these different parts. We, yes, you could say that, um, when Christ lives in us, it manifests through the Holy spirit, right? So I imagine that Jesus just has a body filled with 7 billion little holy spirits of us and him. Yes. Is that what you're saying?
3: <laughs> yeah, you can look
0: at it. Anyway. A cloud. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm teasing. Go ahead.
2: You know, and, and and one of the interesting examples that I think that we don't always catch of of what we're talking about here is remember when before Paul became Paul, when he was Saul, yeah. and he was persecuting the church. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was on the road to Damascus and Jesus shows up and knocks knocks Blind. Saul, you know, flat on his back and uh-huh. He has this vision. Saul has a vision and Jesus is there. And Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you, why are you persecuting? What's he say? Me, me. He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my followers? Mm-hmm. He says, why are you persecuting me? And might think, well, what? Saul's not done anything to Jesus. All of those disciples, they live in Jesus. They are part mm-hmm. of his body. Anything that Saul was doing to them, he was doing to mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Now, talking about this sonship, before we move on from that part, um, Galatians 3, Galatians 3, verse 26 through 28, the apostle Paul wrote this, Galatians 3, 26 through 28, so in Christ Jesus, there's that, that phrase again, in, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Again, that image of us being in Christ. And then he goes on to say, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. So he says, you are all sons of God. Some translations, like I think the uh, the most current version of the NIV say, you are all children of God. Uh-huh. And and yeah that's true but but that sonship because of what you just said Zach that is something we need to take notice of. Yeah. Uh, we are in Christ, we share in his sonship. Yeah. His uh, his uh, position as the firstborn mm-hmm. of the Father, uh, just like you said in those cultures there was something called primogeniture and what that meant is that the firstborn son received the greater part of yeah. the inheritance and the greater part of the responsibility in leading the family. Get this yeah. guys. We live in Christ. Right. We
1: share in his sonship. We have that, um, that sonship benefit. Yeah. Right. What I think it's really cool because, um, uh, you know, like, some people would want to change that in their translation to be more like gender inclusive or whatever. Right. To make it children. Sure. And I can understand that, but sure. it already is gender inclusive. It because is. Because it says yes. there's male, there's no male or female. Yes. And what, the way that I think about it is this way. Even men and women, if you're in Christ, you have the benefits of sonship that it's talking about. Yes. But there's a flip side too, because men that are in Christ also get to experience being the bride of Christ, yeah. which is a female yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah there's so this it's,
2: mutuality going yeah. on there in the experience. So it's both That's of absolutely. those things. Well, <laughs> which is yeah. really
0: cool. Well, also, um, and, you know, just kind of going back to what the culture deems as, like, super important at that time, mm-hmm. um, being the firstborn is, like, so, so important. And there's so many examples in the scripture where mm-hmm. the child will, like, do crazy stuff to to get the firstborn's inheritance like yeah, where are rug, and, Esau, and, sure, yeah. and it's like look it's me <laughs> give me <laughs> no. my money now Jacob that old prankster <laughs> and so um yeah. the fact that the fact that uh Jesus is is letting his you know letting his people know that no 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 you you get to automatically have this blessing of being our, my first son like in mm-hmm. and, and all the benefits that go with it and you don't even know how much more benefits you get than that, which I'm yeah. sure you'll explain to us. But
2: Well, now, you know, so we're in Christ. <coughs> we are welcomed into Christ. We are adopted into Christ, adopted into the family of God. We share yeah. in his sonship. Now, also, since we live in Jesus, that means that he shares certain aspects of his identity with us, as we're going to see in Scripture. We're not Jesus. But he shares certain aspects of his identity. For example, if we are in Jesus, he shares with us his own righteousness. Now, that's a word we throw around a lot in church, you know, righteousness, righteous. What would you say that means?
0: You know, Kevin, what I think it means is you go on Twitter and anybody who says something out of (laughs) line, you... Take those 140 characters and you tell them how jerky they are. You try and cancel them because that's the righteous yeah. thing to do is just <laughs> do what do what you think in your own mind is good. <laughs> I'm yes. sorry. I'm, I am uh, obviously being yeah. uh, sarcastic. Or you could
1: say, you know, we are we are righteous dudes. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, like yeah. We're real righteous. Real righteous dude. Yeah, there's. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I if I'm being serious, let's get rid of the stick for a minute. I would say that righteousness is from what I understand of the scripture, I could be off. It is living doing a righteous act or living a righteous life is to line up with what God would have for you to do. Yeah. And um what's interesting is that we think of the word righteousness separate from God in our you know, in our non-Christian culture is just this is like a righteous thing to do. Um but we need to rely I believe, on the tenets that God sets for us, what righteousness is. Mm -hmm, And if, and I'm not trying to write your uh, sermon for you, but if Christ is in us and we are in him, then I believe that um, we will get the inherent feeling through the Holy Spirit uh, and through the scripture of what righteousness can mean for us. When we say, for example, that God is righteous— because you know God is
2: the starting point of righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we say God is righteous, that means he's completely right, holy, and just in all that he is and does. Right. When we say that a man or woman is righteous, that means that he or she is in right standing or in right relationship with this God who is righteous, right. and that the, that man or woman's life reflects the rightness, the holiness, the justice of God. So righteous, well... How much righteousness do you have in and of yourself? How much righteousness do I have in and of myself, of my own making?
0: I I don't think of our own making, none.
2: (laughs) Not much, yeah. And I can't remember this reference. You guys might remember this. It's in Isaiah. At one point, uh, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah says, your righteousness is as filthy rags in my sight. Speaking to the people of your righteousness. (laughs) What that means is, Kevin Slim, me, on my very best day, when I thought my motives were the purest and I was being the best person I could possibly be, that in God's eyes, God, who is completely holy, pure, good, righteous, the only one who has complete moral clarity in his eyes, It was his filthy rags.
0: Filthy rags. You know, we we so
2: underestimate the holiness of God. So this righteous thing, if we're going to commune with God forever, there's an issue there. That has to be settled. That has to be, uh, you know, because our natures in and of ourselves don't automatically mix with his. Absolutely. So listen to this. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Um, The apostle Paul writes this, But now apart from the law, Apart from all the you know, the do's and don'ts, the Mosaic law given to us in the Old Testament, here's how you should obey God. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given, mm-hmm. not earned, not paid as a wage. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So God is willing to give us righteousness. And what righteousness? It says the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God Mm. himself. Listen to this, guys. This is a a mind-blowing verse to me. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Paul's writing about it there. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says, speaking of Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that, listen to this phrase, in him we might become the righteousness
1: of God. Yeah. We, that's a in Chris Tomlin righteous. song. You know, yeah. I, I would argue we that, do that all he the time. became
0: sin who knew no, who knew sin, no sin. That, that we, we might become, become his, his righteousness. righteousness. <laughs> Which doesn't rhyme, but it's still very biblical.
3: Hey, so I,
2: I accept it's okay. it. <laughs> we are given the righteousness of God himself. So in Christ, as we are welcomed into Christ, we share in his sonship. Uh-huh. We share in his His righteousness, anything that would have separated us or hindered us from being able to commune with God himself is totally removed. Now,
1: so we share in his sonship. We share in his righteousness. Now, Now, this is all... Just after we die. Right. I mean, no. we're just, you know, yeah, no. so put it, you know, just, no, that, that all's just
0: put off. Kevin, yeah. is it OK if me and Zach be the sarcastic peanut gallery <laughs> no, you, for you? Please, I would enjoy that. Actually, that would be <laughs> I have an actual legit question. Sure, I don't want to yeah. derail and, and no, go off on a long tangent. <laughs> this might open up a big can of worms. But you had briefly talked about, uh, you know, and I know this isn't really where we're at, but I just wanted to ask you. Um, So many times, and it said in that scripture you just read from, I don't think it was Corinthians 5, maybe it was, uh, it might have been the scripture before that. You talked about how through faith uh, we receive that righteousness, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting how much the people during the Gospels receive things that that are not necessarily earned, but they're just the faith of the person yeah. kind of denotes what Jesus is doing. Like in one of my favorites, I think is in Matthew and it's the centurion yeah. who comes mm-hmm. and says, my, my servant is sick mm-hmm. and I'm, my house isn't even worthy for you mm-hmm. to come into. But I, I know that if you say it, he will be healed. And then the guy says, your faith is not only healed your servant, but I haven't met anyone with as much faith as you yeah. right. because of your trust. Sure. Yeah. And so would you argue that, the more we trust in the righteousness of jesus the more we receive the righteousness of jesus the more we tra- the more we trust in jesus the more we trust in jesus yeah the
2: more yeah. we trust in him our faith is in him my faith at least I'm trying very hard for my faith to not be in me. I yeah. can't save anybody, not even myself, but my faith is in Jesus. Right. You know, and, and yes. So I, my faith's not in his righteousness, although I accept his righteousness. My faith's in
0: him. So what's right. what's interesting— it's about who he is. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is I feel like, and even I have struggled with this, and that is that I— re- sometimes you can read the idea of the amount of faith we have saves us, mm, and then it yeah. becomes almost like a us thing.
1: You can take that to, like— a really weird logical yeah, conclusion. That's what I'm trying to because say. Because you can get into like where, oh, this person was sick and they didn't get miraculously healed, even though they right. prayed. They must have not had enough faith. If they had yeah. enough faith, God exactly. would heal that person.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so my, my, I guess I, I'm at. What I'm asking you is, do you run into that issue of? It's kind yeah. of like a cyclical problem. Of it's my faith that's healing me. So Jesus is just using what I've done. But mm. where I come to is that what we have faith in is almost a relinquishing of ourselves to him that's That's how I define my faith, mm-hmm. but yeah. a lot of times it can be cyclical turning back to yourself like you're somehow yeah. solving your own problems or something if
2: you don't watch if you're not careful, it can just become an exercise of navel gazing I'm just turning inward <laughs> and the yeah. it's it, faith biblical faith. Yeah really comes down to trust. I think that's a word that yep. connects with people better, mm-hmm. more, more clearly. I trust Him. I'm putting my trust in Him. Right. Um, and that's it's right. relational. That's a relational term. Yep. Faith is not just about believing particular beliefs, you know, that these, these uh, things are true, these propositions are true. It's, it's about trusting a person. Um,
0: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail. That was just a part of what you were discussing is this idea that, you know, we've received righteousness through faith. And I was just, I was like, you know, a lot of people get stuck on this idea that they've done something to deserve it or whatever. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a good point. Kevin, to your point, like it's not just subscribing to the ideals right. because if you read the gospels, even the demons yes. are coming out and they're saying like, yeah, we, we know who Jesus oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah comes, oh, are you, have
0: you come to torture us? Remember we talked yeah. about that. Have you come yeah. to torture us before our time? And it's like, oh, they know who Jesus is. They oh, believe it's in sure. him it's just fine.
1: They believe in him just as much as yeah. anybody who says, yeah, I right. believe in Jesus.
0: Anyway, <laughs> you know, that's right. sorry. Yeah. But they don't
2: trust
1: him.
0: Big they can, can of don't. worms. Yeah, that needs to be its own episode.
2: Yeah. That's its own episode. Yeah. Um, Back where we started, Romans 8. Remember back there we read uh, for those who are led by the Spirit of God or the children of God, Uh this is back in verse 14. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Yay! And by Him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now we get to what you guys were alluding to earlier. Verse 17, Paul writes, Now if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of Mm -hmm. God and co-heirs with Christ. Okay, now, Mm -hmm. if we are in Jesus, he shares with us his sonship, his own righteousness, and he shares with us his own inheritance. Now, like the son of any father, Jesus, the son of God, has an inheritance. Well... What is Jesus's inheritance? I jumped forward, didn't I? I <laughs> no, was going is on good. and on about no, that before. <laughs> your uh, intuition was serving you well, my well, young Padawan. That's, um, that's fine. Listen to this. This just puts it out there blatantly. We don't have to guess at it. In Hebrews chapter one, the first three verses, the author of Hebrews writes this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, listen to this, whom he appointed heir of all things, mm. all things. And he goes on to say, and through whom he also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Um, what is the inheritance of Jesus, the son of God? All things. All everything. Things. All things.
0: Yeah. So now, basically, we just saw we're co-heirs with Christ. Yeah, basically, we get to all of us get to just own everything, which is cool. This <laughs> and, I'm sorry. and this isn't.
2: This is something we see throughout Scripture. It's not just you know I'm just pulling something from a passing phrase in Paul. No, you're not. Listen yeah. to this: First Peter chapter 1, 1. Peter one verses three through five. In the last time, in Jesus, guys, we have a glorious inheritance that nothing and no one can take away from us. And that inheritance is, here it goes, mind blown, mic drop, it's all things. Boom. All things. <laughs> what? Wow. In other words, if we get God, we get everything else thrown in. Man. The inheritance is all things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and grasping that, it, it's made sense of some other passages of Scripture that i Frankly, I didn't really pay much attention to before. Like, I, I want to read a, a verse from First Corinthians three or a couple of verses. I this is one of those I just kind of read over. Just you know, you know I didn't really pay attention to what was being said because I didn't understood understand what Paul meant. But when you put what I'm about to read together with what we just read, it's like that's where he's going with hmm. this. Listen to this. This is in First Corinthians three. Uh, He's been scolding the Corinthians because they were prone to factions. One would say, "Well, I follow Paul." Another says, "Well, I follow Pe- uh, Peter or Cephas." Another says, "Well, I follow Apollos."
0: Apollos,
2: you know, and they were yeah. So they're they're <laughs> dividing into okay. factions. But listen to this, um, First Corinthians three, verse twenty-one through twenty-three. Paul says, "So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours." Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, (laughs) or the future, all are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. I'd read that before, and I'm like, what's he mean, all things are ours? What? What does that mean? But then when you see that in light of, well, no, he's talking about
1: our inheritance. We are co-heirs with Christ. Why would you squabble over little things (laughs) when you could have everything
0: this yeah. I, I hate to say right. it, Amen. Um, but That's it. I hate to yeah. say it. But if um, Billy Mays was still uh, <laughs> alive, God rest his soul, or you know the ShamWow guy, I feel like this would be a great pitch. You'd be like, "All right, if you if you go ahead and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now, we're going to throw in all things, <laughs> everything <laughs> for four
2: easy installments yeah. of 1995.
0: All things. You know what? For four easy installments of faith in me,
3: <laughs>
0: a prayer a night. Okay, let's say a prayer a week even. You get all things. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, So,
2: to sum up, if we are in Christ, we share in his sonship. We share in his righteousness. We share in his inheritance, which is all things. And listen to this. Going back to Romans 8, verse 17, says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. If we share in his sufferings, mm. in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, how do we share in the sufferings of Christ? Christ still suffers. And I wish I had time to unpack that. Maybe we can talk about that some other Ooh, time. We can talk about just about back. sharing in the sufferings of Christ, because yeah. there's that's a rich thing, and it's a challenging thing, and it's it's, it's it's tough stuff but it's good stuff maybe we could talk about that at length later on can I ask
0: can I ask real quick yeah. uh, if I can guess what maybe the general thing of that is yeah is it um, that we also suffer as a, a product of sin uh, and uh, as as a way of um, realizing that sin is is not of God that we also like suffer in that sin until we're free of it? Is that anywhere close? Kind of.
1: Yeah. That, <laughs> All right. Well, it, That's says, kinda... it says that we share in the sufferings of Christ, right? So right. What, are, what are the sufferings of Christ? I mean, he suffered for everyone's sin. He suffered for everyone else's sin.
2: Yeah. Not right. for
1: his because he was sinless. Well, That's what we've we've I'm trying time, to say. If yeah. we've no, got no, time, yeah. Yeah. maybe no, no, at the
2: well, end. You tell me what how we're doing on time at the uh, end. If we don't you, have time, wait, are we are right. about You are right That is definitely
0: a huge thing. I keep derailing us. No, no, no. But
2: good derailments. This is good. This is good stuff. Yeah um but what i'm pointing out for for this discussion is that he just said if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his in glory what glory what where did that come from we've talked about sharing in his sonship and his righteousness and his in, in his inheritance now he's saying he's going to share we we can share in his glory now, what is that glory what is it what is the the glory that he wants to give us of all the things we're talking about this is the aspect of salvation that is the most nebulous i think it's it's the hardest to wrap our brains about yeah. we may not have the current box of brains the current intellectual equipment to be able to process it but uh, we're given hints um glimpses for example in first john 3 listen to this this is first john 3 verses 2 through 3 the apostle john writes dear friends Now, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. Mm. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. We shall be like Christ, for we shall see him as he is. Um, we're going to share uh, in His glory. We're going to become yeah. like Him. Listen to this. Um, here's another hint at what we're talking about. Philippians 3, Philippians 3, verses 20 through 21. Philippians three, twenty through 21, Paul writes, But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies Mm -hmm. like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So even physically, we're going to undergo a translation, and a transformation into glory. I know I'm jumping around a lot here, but I want you to see how this this is woven throughout Scripture. Colossians 3, 4, Paul writes... When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now, lots of times, you know, when I was growing up, I heard that phrase, "I oh, will appear with Him in glory." They would speak of glory as if glory was a destination. It's mm-hmm. it's a geographical location. Yeah.
1: It's a synonym for heaven. Or we'll like glory um, for for our friends who who think that you become an angel when you die. That's kind of the picture that I get yeah. in my head. Is uh, right. You're yeah. going to be in glory means you're going to glow. You're going to have wings. Well, I don't know about the wings. The glowing yeah. might be not too far
2: off. Maybe, actually, maybe as we're about to see. Yeah. Well,
0: um, you but. mentioned before something about um, being clean. Uh, it's like two or three scriptures mm. ago. You use a lot of scriptures, which I very, very much yeah. appreciate. Um, and so, what it sort of sounded like, adding on this idea of like you kind of take the visage of an angel or something i kind of it reminds me of the transfiguration a little bit yes where he yeah. cleans he's he's made Absolutely. clean and people are so in awe of like the true clean like glowing jesus that yeah. they like fall over or yes. you know they get scared even well, Maybe well listen to
2: this in, this in the old testament in daniel okay daniel uh, chapter 12 uh verses two and three we read multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life Others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Mm. Did you hear that? Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So there's that luminosity that you referred to, yeah. Zach. You know, yeah. but, but now then listen to this. In Matthew 13... Jesus, and this dovetails real, really well with what we just read in Daniel. In Matthew 13, Jesus is describing what will happen at the end of this age. In verses 41 through 43, he says, The Son of Man, that's himself, he's referring to himself. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the Hmm. kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And and putting all this together, the question that I have, guys, is what does God intend to make of us? We've got this thing in our heads. Oh, well, you know, I, I get forgiven and I'll have a mansion in heaven. I'll get to hang out, you know, and
0: play all the video games Plays, I want. Yeah. I have Woo. every movie on one yeah. streaming service and I only have to pay $5 a month for it. Are we going to play
2: football? It's a big, big house. The, yeah, the, um, Obviously. And that's not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but that that uh-huh. that is such a diminished view. Sure. And, and, and one of the things that we need to keep in mind of this is, is what God is going to make of us, guys, is he conforms us to the image of his son, as, as Paul writes in Romans 8. And he is preparing us to commune with him for eternity. Uh, he is going to create... He is going to make us into beings that, if we could see ourselves now, our our jaws would hit the floor. Yeah. Um, if we could see what God's we're like, going to part do, of His family,
1: right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The um, one of the things that this means on a practical level, because we're dancing around in some some deep uh, theological stuff here, but on a practical level, we've got to be real careful how we look at our neighbor. Anyone, mm-hmm. but especially our Christian neighbor. Um, we might be tempted to look down on others or, or, or give someone little regard because they're not enough of whatever. They're not attractive enough, not talented enough, not smart enough, athletic enough, charming enough, successful enough. All the things that our uh, societies, our earthly societies tend to value. But here's the thing, guys. If only we could see what God is going to make of his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to read from you a, a quote from uh, it's a sermon that was written by C.S. Lewis called The Weight of Glory. Uh, Amazing sermon. Um, He wrote this. He said, We need to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Do you remember when the Apostle John uh, he's receiving that revelation from God, and at one point it says an angel stands before him, and he's so in awe of the appearance yeah. of the angel, he dropped down on his face. John did, and he started to worship uh-huh. this angel. And the angel, right. you know, says, "John, John, no, you know, don't worship me. I'm just a servant, like you are. You know, worship God alone." Think of, and I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I don't mean to be un- sound uncharitable, but I can think of people, and you probably can too, that quite frankly, from an earthly perspective, from all the things that human culture tends to value, they have hardly anything going mm. for them. They're not attractive. They're not smart. They're not part of the popular crowd. They're not, they're not talented. Uh, they, they don't have much going
0: from. Kevin, uh, I can still play guitar, okay?
3: I wasn't about <laughs> I don't do <it>. that. <laughs>
2: but, but here's the thing. Even those people, those people, whoever we self-identify, if we put ourselves in that, you know, leave that up to, the, to you. Yeah. But those people are going to be transformed by Almighty God in receiving salvation. They're going to become a creature that if we were able to see them and what God will make of them in his grace, we would be strongly tempted to fall down and worship them. Oh, man. And that is the potential. That is the God-given potential in every human Soul, all of us have been created yeah. by God in the image of God. And we're created in his image so that we can commune with him. We can know him in a way that chimpanzees and grub <laughs> cannot. <laughs> we're created in the image of God. And right. what God's going to do, that word um, uh, in, in the New Testament, the, in the Greek word that is the word that's usually translated as save or saved or to save, it's sozo. And the range of meanings of that word, it it means save, but it can also mean heal. Mm -hmm. It can also mean rescue. It can also mean restore. God is going to take each of us. And he is going to restore us to what he intended for us all along. Guys, it's not just getting your sins forgiven. It's not just getting to go hang out in a beautiful place called heaven. It is that we get to live in Christ and share in his sonship, share in his righteousness, share in his inheritance, and share in his glory. God is giving us all things in himself. Damn. (laughs) And to tag one other thought on this. Um, Most of the Christians I know, including myself, not all the Christians I know, but most of the Christians I know, including myself, we tend to be so ridiculously timid when it comes to talking with other people about Jesus. Mm. And if we could recognize what God is inviting them to, yet he has invited us to, what kind of callousness, what kind of disregard would I have to have for someone to keep that from them. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of
0: that Pendulette. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Have you seen thing? that? Yes, I have How seen that. How great is that video? That's that yeah. yes.
3: That, that that's We, we I I talked about, about
0: that maybe a episode or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah.
1: but basically if you if you haven't heard it, um Pendulette uh, this is from a few years back, probably maybe more than ten now, maybe yeah, yeah, but he talks about um you know, a fan at a show came and kind of shared the gospel with him. gives
0: him a gideon Bible. Gives him a Gideon
1: Bible and, yeah. and Penn is um an atheist I think he still is, mm-hmm. but he
0: says very respectful atheist I but would he say. says,
1: yeah, he says i he says, I gotta respect this guy because you know he cared about me enough because he believes this, he's gonna share it with me.
0: Yeah. Like he said, he said, uh, he starts like tearing up and he says something along the lines of, um, uh, this guy kind of risked that conversation because he got to talk to Penn Jillette, Like he was very right. famous. Yeah. Even at yeah. that time he was very famous. He's like for him to go up out of his way. Yeah. First, very genuinely comment about how good the show was. Then yeah, go proceed to, to take the rest of his time talking to him about, yeah. uh, about, his salvation that that like struck him Like as such like a big
2: He did it and it was coming from a place of Compassion and caring Absolutely being and he felt in, that And
0: he felt that Yeah, yeah. Jill, yeah. I, and Again I'm not advocating for Pen But he's had True. some other uh, videos too About like uh, if you're a Christian Wouldn't that mean being very inclusive Even if you know because there's a lot of parents Who say well right. if you're an atheist you're not coming to Christmas And he's like shouldn't you be inclusive And, yeah. I, and I find myself being like Pen. Get up there and preach a little bit, but on that little bit, at least, you know, don't go too far. but. Well, yeah, but that's, that's the thing when
1: we're, when we're giving a message of heaven, you know, how, how would that change us when we realize that it's not just about making sure we got our bases covered, that people aren't going to hell, but that it actually is a better way of living. I think, do we actually believe that? Right. You know,
0: and we've talked about this on the podcast before about this idea that, um and this is just my personal experience. And I think the scripture does back this up that people are so unwilling to relinquish control of Mm. everything in their life. And so it's, it's hard for someone to wrap their mind around. I think a lot of people who are not Christian look at Christianity and say, you have just chosen to restrict your life and give yourself these penalties and damn yourself uh, uh, and uh, give yourself damnation in these ways. Uh, because, you know, you want codependency with a guy and all of this stuff. And my immediate response is, you don't understand how much your heart will change and how much you will be willing to yeah. serve the Lord who do, who has done so much for you. And it's hard to understand the idea of relinquishing control of your understanding of everything and giving that up to the Lord well, in free, faith and there's trust. There's so much freedom in it. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but for me, uh, the idea of, of, of speaking to uh, someone who is not yet a Christian, someone who I guess they would call it reaching the lost, I don't uh. really like that terminology, but um, the idea of talking with them I don't think is difficult because I'm a talker, sure. it's, as you can tell, uh, but uh, it's harder for, I think, someone to understand what I'm saying yeah. from the point I'm saying it from. I need to do better at really uh, explaining how much control I little control I have over the joy in my life. And that it comes from, you know, what God, what God wants to
2: give us, you know, God loves us and God loves us fully and completely because he loves us. He is not willing to settle for second, best, third, best, fourth, best, fifth, best Mm. for us. I would for me, I would gladly settle for third best, fourth best, fifth best, because (laughs) I'm a lazy, sinful man who likes to take the path of least resistance. Sure. But what God wants for me is so much more than what I want for me, because he actually loves me. I don't even love me like he loves me. And he loves every single person that same way. And what he's calling us to, if we could see it and sharing, you know, in his sonship, his righteousness, his inheritance, which is all things, and his glory, he is wanting to unite us with himself. We talked about this in the, in the gospel of John. Jesus does in John 17. He wants to unite us with himself mm. and for people to say, you know what? I'm going to miss out on all of that because I want to have, you know, a moral sex or, you know, I want to get drunk or I want to do whatever, you know, just fill in the blank or I just want to live for me instead of live for God. Right. Um, that's insanity. You know, we don't realize what we're saying no to. It's uh, another quote from C.S. Lewis. Uh, he talked about, he said that our, our problem is not that our desires are too strong, but that they are too weak. It's as if we've been offered a holiday mm. or a vacation at the beach when we would rather go on making mud pl- mud pies in a slum. Yeah. And we won't go because, no, I like my mud pies. You don't realize what you're being offered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another practical application of what we've been talking about tonight um, All of us go through really painful times. We're in a sin-fallen world. We're sin-fallen people in a sin-fallen world. And we can face some incredibly heartbreaking things and tragic things. Listen to this. Remember we read back in Romans 8, 17, Paul said, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. Next verse. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And then listen to this. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that Far outweighs them Mm. all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. That's
0: a mic drop there, Paul.
1: Mm. Oh, man. Pretty sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that scripture from, uh, you said it's second Corinthians. Yeah. Four. I'm I'm pretty sure that second Corinthians four, that scripture you just read is the somewhat uh, biblical basis for that hymn that I like the day by day with the passing moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's one that like, nobody knows about, but I found a long time ago. Um, Gotta find those obscure hymns and like work them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and um, some of them are so good. This idea that um, there's this precious gift that is so close yet so far apparently uh-huh. um, is it can be very frustrating. Yeah, for for us who know the goodness of it, and and so I totally understand your point about you know there are. We, hmm, we're not giving the gift, but we are trying to tell people how to get it. Um, we're one beggar telling
2: another beggar where to find bread. Yeah. I mean, it's like I mean, we, we are all people desperately in need right. of Jesus. Right.
0: Yeah.
3: And, and, and
0: so it's, uh, the, there's two analogies that I, I don't have much wisdom. I've always said, I'm not a very wise person. I call a lot of wise people to give me wisdom, but I will say I have two little like analogies that I like. And I use quite a bit. One of them is, Um, The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is the only difference between a person who doesn't need to go to the hospital for their broken leg and a person who does, and that is that we are acknowledging that we, we need God. We need the healing and restoration of the Lord. And there are people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't need to fix anything. I'm fine being like with my broken leg. I don't need to yeah. go to the hospital. I'll just prop it up and keep playing video games or whatever. So that's analogy number one. <laughs> I'd rather stay sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I mean, I'm, my leg's broken, but I can still use the other leg, so It's fine. And so it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of like limiting yourself. So the, the the better analogy I have, which is another plant analogy, because we use plant analogies in the House Plants podcast. <laughs> I would say that um, the freedom that non-Christians see, that they think mm-hmm. is the desired freedom, is that uh, you can say, well, I w- I'm a plant and I want to grow wherever I feel like growing. <laughs> and so somebody says, OK, well, I'm going to put your pot in the closet and shut the door <laughs> and good luck. And God says I have prepared soil. Mm-hmm. I have prepared a place with sunlight out mm-hmm. the wazoo. And I have a person who will come every day and water it for you. And you will grow into a tree, like a tree of Lebanon, like Psalm 92 says. And so one of those things is a person saying, I choose yeah. where I'm going to grow mm-hmm. and I don't care. Well, you know what that is. That's a tumbleweed. Yeah, that's, right.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, a, uh, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, it's a, and so the 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 strength that we get from the growth and encouragement and all of the blessings that God gives us allows us to grow to right. the best thing we could possibly be. Uh, so my analogy is always like y- you have the illusion that your choice is better for you than yeah. God's specifically made piece of soil for you. Yeah. And so a lot of times we get into the fallacy of thinking that choice, any choice that we make is better than God's choice, which I would which argue wholeheartedly again. against. Yeah, yeah right. So there you go. It's like a baby telling their adult parent, like where they're going to drive that night when they're only two years old. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so, right. All right. Kevin, cool. we're running out of time, but I we have to ask. The we question. have to ask. Oh no, one What's the question? question. Oh no, we didn't put it on okay. the notes. On I, purpose. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna assume that where we've been going this whole time yep. might lead us into a really good answer for this. But we ask every single guest their first time with us. Oh boy, we ask. Um, could if you could see what the what the church is doing, the whole church? Okay. Around the the world, the community of God. Okay. If you could see us change anything that we're doing, what would you, what would you think would be a positive change?
0: Add something, take something away, do something more, do something less. Do something differently. What's a, and and I know that that in some ways can mean that we are nitpicking, but I think an insight from you would be great.
2: Are you talking about specifically the American church or just the church global? Because I don't know that I would say quite the same thing.
0: I think that we have a very limited perspective in America, but I believe that you think very globally as a pastor. Mm, So it's up to it's up to you. But what we're talking about is like, for example, um, in the past, we've had people uh, say uh, like a good friend of ours. Aaron Campbell said the exegesis of the scriptures, more exegesis. And another person said uh, prayer, more prayer. Um, so, I mean, and this is a huge question I know. So take your time. The,
2: it, what the, the, those answers that they give, I would agree with that. And, and it's pointing toward the same direction that I would be going. I would think I would say it less eloquently. Uh, but the, the, um, the image that comes to mind, remember Jesus's parable of the sower and the soils and the different, you know, the, the seed was cast, the seed, which is the word of God, Jesus said, is, is cast to these different types of soils and it cast on the rocky soil and it, nothing happens. It's cast on the soil that's shallow and life springs up, but it doesn't survive because it gets scorched by the heat. It doesn't develop deep roots. And then there's the the plant that there, or the seed comes up and there's a good healthy plant there. It's growing, but then it gets choked out by the weeds and the thorns. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth kind is there's a seed that grows and produces a great crop. It seems to me that... Most of the American church is the seed growing in the weeds, in the thorns. Where it, Jesus says that the the weeds and the thorns it represents uh, the, the deceitfulness of wealth and the mm-hmm. desires for other things. You know how yeah. we'll talk about, um, you know, the different, you know, like the the, the people, the the church, in uh, different places around the world where there's tremendous persecution. We'll say, well, that's the persecuted church, which really, according to scripture, it's not the persecuted church. It's actually just the church <laughs> that's that's the way it goes for the church right um i would call the the church in america i would i would call us well two words i would say for one thing we're the distracted church we're just distracted we we get we have so many options so many things we could do with our time that we pour ourselves out into so many directions and we don't dive deep into anything and especially not into god and we give the best of ourselves to so many things other than God. And that is, just putting it blatantly, it's idolatry. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a matter of, you know, you bad person, you need to spend more time with God. You've not called your rich uncle who cares a lot about you. You know. It's not that sort of thing. It's that you have a God who created you in his own image and has prepared for you this incredible destiny that we unpack tonight that is beyond your wildest imagination and you would rather spend the majority of your time playing Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, the distracted church, you know, it's like Fortnite is just,
1: I mean, it's, and it's I'm so not addictive. knocking Fortnite, you know, nothing.
2: And that's, that's, uh, I said this in a recent sermon, you know, Satan, if he can't, if he can't trap trip you up in immorality and something that's obviously evil, then what he'll do is he'll try to tempt you with things that are merely good to distract mm-hmm. you from what is best. And that's what he'll do. And and we are eaten up with that. And because of that, we, we are half-hearted when it comes to God, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to exegesis, any of the things you mentioned. We're just half-hearted. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the, the rest of the church or the persecuted church. We're the comfortable church. We're comfortable, yeah. we're fat, we're the lazy, we're church. distracted. Yeah. And and
1: yeah. And um we've inherited a lot of privilege can, as Christians. Can I share only. a
2: story with you? Do I have time yeah. for one
1: last You absolutely have yes. time for a story, okay. of course.
2: Um years ago. I saw an interview with a fellow named Dean Kamen. Do you know who that is?
0: The name sounds familiar.
2: Dean Kamen is one of the most uh, prolific inventors and innovators uh, of uh, recent decades, um, especially in regard to medical technology. He uh, created the first portable dialysis machine and uh, several other things. He's the guy who invented the Segway. You know what a Segway is? You stand on a little (laughs) two-wheel deal. That one didn't fly as well as he had hoped, but... Um, it doesn't fly at all, but I don't yeah think. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it would have sold better if it did. He you know he's created several medical devices that have tremendously positively affected the lives of millions of people around the world. He's done amazing stuff. Well, the interview I saw with him, this was like 20 years ago. The interviewer uh, was asking, you know, just trying to get to know him. Well, you've done all this amazing stuff. Well, tell me about yourself. What do you like to do with your time? You know, what do you do? To, and it turns out, you know, you know, do you go to the movies? Well, you know, I, I like movies, but I just don't see too many of them. And, and so then the interviewer got on this, this uh, questioning path. She started saying, well, you know, what about this movie? And she started rattling off these blockbuster movies everyone knew that had just come out in the previous years. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, but no, I've not seen it. Well, yeah, I've heard of that one too, but no, I've not seen it. And then she starts right off all the top TV shows. And he's like, well, yeah, no, I don't know if I've heard of that one. But yeah, I've heard of that one, but no, I've not seen it. And it was obvious that he was pouring so much of himself into what he was doing with these innovations that he was just clueless in a lot of pop culture stuff. And this was the question the interviewer asked him, and I'd never forgotten this. He said, or she said, you know, you're doing all these wonderful things. But I just rattled off all this wonderful stuff that's happening in our culture. Aren't you afraid that you're ever missing out? And you know what he said? His response was, we're all missing out. We're all missing out. No one can do everything. Yeah. He said, but what we have to decide is, what am I unwilling to miss out on? He said, yeah, I've missed out on some TV and some movies, but you know what? I was unwilling to miss out on the opportunity of providing medical devices that would bless millions of people all around the world. I wasn't willing to miss out on that.
0: And that interviewer said, I have a, a Yes. <laughs> and see, that's where
2: the church is right yeah. We we've got to decide what are we willing to miss out on. You know, I didn't I didn't watch the Grammys, you know, I didn't watch the the SAG Awards, you know, I did the Screen Actors Guild, you know, I didn't watch the Emmys. Uh, you know, I've missed a lot of movies. I did see Avengers: Endgame, which was amazing. But you know, I I, <laughs> I, I I see some stuff, but I don't watch much TV. And it's not because I don't enjoy those things, but there are other things that matter to me so yeah. much more, that's so much richer and so much more vibrant and full of life. And yeah, I don't yeah. want to miss out on those things. And it's all it's all revolves around God, right? You know?
0: Man powerful answer. <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much. Kevin oh, we, guys, this yeah. is fun. I we really
2: enjoyed this. It, I hope that, uh, <laughs> um, I hope I didn't make things too murky. No, 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 worried no, about no, that. no, no. It was no, very no. clear. I
0: mean, so, so what's, what's great is that, and one thing I really appreciate is how much you rely on the word of the Lord. Yes. And I'm not saying that our other guests did not do that, but I'm just saying that you in particular say, not only is it here, It's also here and it's also here. And God is saying exactly this throughout the scripture. And I just love that. So, you know,
2: when I was younger, I was much more, I I wanted to come up with original things, you know, and original. isn't that that a fun
0: thought that you will somehow, uh, be the new cool thing. (laughs) Yes. But the older
2: I get, the more I'm like, all right, Kevin, if whatever you're coming up with, if it is totally original, it's probably not true. Mm, you, yeah. know, you need to go back to the word. You know, you need to make sure yeah. you are grounded in the yeah. word because I am not the center of all reality, the ground of all reality. I'm not the author of all truth, but I know who is and yeah. he's given us his word and yeah. let's stick to it.
3: Yeah,
0: man. Uh, we yeah. just, uh, we just appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming down, uh, coming on. up, I guess, technically, because yeah. we're in Richmond lives in Berea. Um, we'll just say, uh, we really, uh, appreciate having you here and we want to let the uh, listeners know. That if they ever are down in Brienne, want to check out your church, it's a wonderful church, just full of great ministries. I have attended my wife; uh, we love it. Uh, um, uh, you can see them on Sunday, of course, and then uh, you have programs on I think Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday nights, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night from six to seven thirty. That's right. And yeah.
2: Sunday mornings, there's a traditional service at eight fifteen, and there's a contemporary service at ten forty five.
0: You might see yeah. me on alternating Tuesdays there in the evenings during the uh, room That's at the right. end room stuff. The end. I oh, do yeah. a little, I lead a little it's worship there, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and. And, uh, Yeah. So, and and uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, probably won't be weeks, but uh, maybe in the next few months, maybe we'll hear from you about that book. Okay. Uh, tell the we'll see. About now that. the pressure's on. Now I've yes, got to do something. You about have it. us to hound <laughs> you about hey, it. Hey, how's that <laughs> oh, book? So you get that hey, you're gonna finished? come back on the podcast. Tell us about that book. Me Basically, consider mouth.
1: us your free publishers.
0: You know, <laughs> you
1: know. You'll, oh, you'll yeah.
0: get that first sentence written and then you'll be like, oh, and then you'll hit that period and you'll just be stuck for the next couple, you know. I'll be sweating uh, bullets in scarier, scarier the blank. than a blank page. That's right. Blinking oh, cursor. But yeah. uh, That's right. we also want to thank everybody who listened tonight to the yes, podcast. thank you so much. Thank you for checking us out or downloading. Uh, yeah. You can continue to check us out on, uh, you know, Spotify, all of the, uh, you know, uh, Apple podcasts, all of the uh, applications on your phone or on your computer. Yes. And if you
1: want to help us out. Uh, definitely leave a review or a like or something. Um, we definitely could use those little stars, that even are if in it's your a one-star review
0: saying that we are not a podcast that actually talks about a, houseplants. You know, all press, is press, right? At least it's a review. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we uh, we want to say thanks and uh, God bless, and we will thanks see again. you next time. See you later. See ya. Peace.